WBMC HD3 Detroit, KMPS HD3 Seattle, WBMX HD3 Boston. And on AOL Radio. And Yahoo Launchcast. Enlighten. Empower. Enrich. This is CBS Radio's The New Sky. New Horizons. No boundaries. All day long, we're devoted to your emotional, physical, and spiritual well-being. With your direct connect to the stars, Lisa J. Smith, The Dr. Pat Show, Liz Souza, Barbara Mackey, Glynis McCants, The Wake Up Call, with L. Newman and Tom Force. Let us know how we're doing. 248-545-7685. Log on. NewSkyRadio.com. 24 hours a day. Your spiritual well-being is our concern. Awaken the extraordinary. Live the life you've imagined. Look up to the sky. CBS Radio's The New Sky. NewSkyRadio.com. New Horizons. No Boundaries. Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal. With Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOL. NewSkyRadio.com. What is it like to run smack into five UFOs that have landed on your property? How much danger are you in? And what do you do about it? How much property damage does it cause? Well, hello there, and welcome to the 294th edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Those questions came from my co-host and partner in the paranormal, my dad. Now, we're very pleased to have with us this evening Mr. Edwin Fuhrer of Langenberg, Saskatchewan, Canada. I witnessed to the rather shocking Langenberg UFO, Langenberg UFO landings of 1974. I don't know what it was about 1974. I had uh, quite a few experiences my, myself that year. Needless to say, the event caused a media frenzy, and Mr. Fuhrer has kept a low profile when it comes to the, to the media since those days. So we're uh, very delighted that he has uh, agreed to speak with us this evening. Uh, then and now, Mr. Fuhrer belongs to that most honest and honorable of professions, farming. He still lives in Langenberg Municipality in southeastern Saskatchewan. Then as now, he is considered a serious and sober man who was respected throughout the community. To quote a local business, businessman who knew Mr. Fuhrer, quote, if that's what Edwin says he saw, that's what Edwin saw. We respect that very much. Edwin Fuhrer, welcome to Behind the Paranormal. Hello? Hello. Yes, can you Hello. hear us? Yeah, I can hear him. Oh, very good. Yes, uh, I understand you had quite a snowstorm. I'm glad you have phone service. Yeah, I just got a few blown snow here this morning. Oh, okay. Oh, dear. All right. Well, we're waiting for the same weather here, I suppose. So, uh, yeah. uh, Ben Ben is going to uh, ask the first few questions. I hope, this, okay. I hope this, this first question doesn't come as an insult, but how old were you on uh, September 1st, 1974? I think it was around 35. You were about 35, okay. So what happened to you exactly? What happened? Well, I was uh, flossing grain, uh, uh, canola, uh, uh, in the field. And I, uh, the slough was in the center of the field. And I had to cut the slough, like the field in half, to get down to the slough. Uh, how it happened, it, I did come up to it by accident. I didn't know anything was sitting there because uh, canola was very high. And in the slough, the grass is awful high. Okay, the slough yeah. being being a little pond or body of water. Yeah, well, it's a fairly big size, uh, but they didn't land in the water. They landed about six feet from the water. Okay. 
And the crop that didn't land in the crop either. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know how they could tell the difference between the water and the crop. Yeah. So what, didn't land. what What exactly did you see uh, when you came up there on your machine? Well, I got off the swather on the on the left-hand side, and I walked up to him, and uh, out about 15 feet from him, and I noticed that the grass was moving. So I didn't uh, walk any closer. Instinct told me to keep my distance, so I kept my distance, and I observed, uh, like I watched him for about maybe, oh, 10, 15 minutes, but I didn't go any closer. You could see the thing was turning at the time. It wasn't standing still. Huh. And it was silver. Yeah, and the silver it was about, oh, I'd say two feet off the ground. Okay. And, and, and uh, there were there were five of them? Yeah, five of them. Okay. There was three in the center and two on each side. Okay. So did anyone the else see this? In the your area? Two, uh, the oh, two on the, on the side were smaller and the three in the center were fairly big. Okay. And uh, so uh, what can you continue to tell us about the experience? My experience? Yeah. <laughs> well, no, in the sense of, uh, you know, in the sense of what, I, what happened to you on that day. I know you had no experience with this sort of thing previously. Most people don't. Well, <clears throat> it, uh, the experience I had was it was that it was like I had an electrical shock. Yeah, I had joints that were aching for about two weeks. Uh, I never turned my back on on to them. I backed up to the swather and I got onto the swather and I sat and watched them. And I thought to myself, if they come towards me, I'm gone. But the swather wouldn't start. It wouldn't do uh, nothing would happen. Yeah, and that, it was that, just that, like that, a pose. Your farm machine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was right. fine at that time. Oh, real? But, okay, uh, that's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. well, I was out there for about maybe, uh, it was dinner time, but I didn't get into the house about maybe 2 o'clock, and my mother asked me what was the holdup. Why was it taking so long to come out of the house? But I, I told her I seen something out in the field. And my father was sitting in another room and reading a newspaper, and he couldn't figure out what I was talking about. And I told him that I'd seen an unidentified flying object. And uh, my mother thought it was a helicopter. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I said, no, it was no helicopter. It was round. It was sitting and hovering in the room. There was uh, five of them. Okay, so they, so they just hung there. And did they fly away at any point? Yeah, they went at uh, the point when I was sitting there. They flew over top of my head, and they stopped in midair. And I thought to myself, well, here it goes. Uh, if I'm not there yeah. in the house by 5 o'clock, then I'm gone. They picked <laughs> me up, but they didn't. They, they seemed to stay around too long. They just took off. It was a flash, and they were gone. Was there, was there a sound? No, no sound, nothing. Wow. It was calm. Okay, Ben wanted to ask you uh, the next question. Here. So uh, did anyone else in the area witness these discs or strange lights in the sky or anything else strange at the time? Well, at the time, uh, this was in the evening when they had showed up. Uh, the people in the town of Langenberg seen lights in the north. Uh -huh. We lived on the farm in the north, and the whole sky was lit up. 
But this was during the day when I ran into him. This was around, oh, about maybe 8.30 uh, in the morning uh, when I went out towards the field to do some swathing. Okay. How far are you from the actual town? Oh, I'm seven miles from the town. Seven miles? Yeah, seven miles south of, uh, of okay. Wagenberg. Okay. Uh, do you still live in the same place? No, I'm living in town right now. I'm retired. Oh, okay. Sounds good to me. <laughs> All right. Uh, I got a nephew that's on the farm out there, and uh, there's a lot of commotion going on out there. There's uh, uh, there's a few oil companies that are coming out there once in a while to do some uh, testing of the soil. I don't know what they're looking for, but there's husky oil and imperial oil that are out there all the time. Yeah. So I don't know what they're looking for, but it's uh, a lot of excitement going on out there. Yeah, we've heard that the energy um, situation in your area is getting pretty exciting, you know, and the whole well, yeah. part of North America there. Yeah, it's, well, there's a lot of drilling and uh, potash mines coming up in this area. It's just like uh, it's a boom town all of a sudden. Boy, that, that sounds like a distant memory for us here in New England. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, uh, ben, yeah. uh, ben has uh, some more questions here, uh, I think, don't you? Yeah, yeah, I do. Uh, what do you think it was? Um, have you come to any conclusions over the years? Well, I didn't come to any conclusion of it, but, uh, but the Americans, I had uh, a few scientists out of my place from the States. There was one from Chicago. There was one from, uh, there was, in fact, there was one from New York, and there was one from... Uh, uh, what the heck was the other place, Connecticut or whatever it was. There were the three of them from the United States that were here. Yeah. But uh, there was, uh, I had the United States Air Force fly over the the slew, and uh, what they were checking, I don't know, but there were four jets that went over, and then the Canadians were doing the same thing. Yeah. Uh, there was a lot of excitement going on that uh, that uh, year. It's funny, we, we're... Um... We know pretty well the Honorable Paul Hellyer, who was the Canadian Defense Minister, not at this time, but before this. And mm -hmm. uh, he is a great believer in, in the UFO phenomenon in one way or another. And I wondered, uh, mm -hmm. have you? do you know him? Have you had any contact with him? Well, you know I, I, I was talking with so many people, I don't know who the heck they were, because I spent uh, about four months on the telephone. <laughs> and... Uh, my ears were getting so sore talking on the phone. Yeah, well, but, I uh, that. I had a lot of visitors from uh, the states like California, Australia. Uh, the only country in the world that didn't phone was Russia. I had every country in the world phone me. <laughs> so today they'd be after you, yeah. We'll, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll try not to start another media frenzy. Uh, so when, when did you decide to call? Obviously you were upset about this. When did you decide to call the police? I didn't call anybody. It was a friend that uh, went and called them. Oh. I didn't know nothing about this. Uh, uh, I didn't report anything. My mother actually phoned into town, and uh, one of the RCMP officers were over at my sister's place when she had called. And uh, uh, she had said, said on the telephone to my sister that a helicopter had landed out there, and they, the RCMP were out there like a... Uh, they were out in no time flat. They were, didn't take them too long to get out there. But uh, there was no helicopter. It was those uh, unidentified flying sa uh, saucers yeah. that had landed out there. No, no. Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. 
I have talked to uh, uh, what is named Little Armstrong that was flying uh, with that uh, when they flew to the moon. He yeah. said they seen them in uh, their spacecraft, but that spacecraft was flying faster than they were. Because it flew around the uh, the, uh, the shuttle, like it flew round and round, and uh, he said we couldn't even get close to it. It wow. was traveling faster than we were. Yeah, we've heard a lot of things out of the astronaut corps on that. <laughs> yeah, uh, they try and hush it up, but what, you can't keep any secrets today. So uh, when you were when you were standing with these objects, uh, did you feel any? Air or were, the, what, 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 were there smells like exhaust or, or, or what? No, what the senses were affected. Nothing. It nothing. was so calm. Nothing. Okay. But I could tell at one time the bottom of the craft there was a, a lip around it about a foot uh, wide. It was gray. From the rest of the machine was silver. About that bottom part was gray. I didn't walk up and touch it. I was only about fifteen feet from him. And instinct told me to keep my distance, so I kept my distance. I didn't go any closer. Yeah. I'd like to know more about that. I guess it, it just anyone would have such an instinct, I'm sure. But did you actually feel danger, or you were just being cautious? No, I guess uh, your instinct tells you to keep your distance. I just kept my distance. I didn't get any closer. Yeah, okay. Because uh, I don't know if you're familiar, you must be familiar with the Rendlesham case of 1980 when the Air Force guys uh, weren't quite as cautious as you were and walked up and touched the craft. It was a different sort of craft, of course. But, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a fellow from Manitoba that uh, had walked up to a craft and touched it, and it was radioactive. No, well, that's it. Well, did you at all, did you have any, any health effects from this at all? over? The well, I did. I had, like, the joints to ache. Uh, just like he had got electrical shock. Oh, you mentioned that was, joints, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was like that for about two weeks. Uh huh. I didn't. I didn't stay out after dark. I went home. Usually, I didn't stay around outside after dark. Oh no, I won't blame you. It must have been awful. Okay. Well, it scared. It, it scares you some, uh, but uh, you know the the craft itself. Uh, when it was up in the air. All I could see was four big ports below it. Mm -hmm. But you couldn't feel no down pressure. Like if there was a wind or a breeze or anything, you couldn't feel anything. Really? And no sound? No, no sound. And they took off towards the northeast in the sky. Okay. Yeah, toward, yeah all right. Yeah. And if you had a blink, you would have missed them. Okay. Okay, well, we are coming up on our first break on our show. Our guest this evening is we're having a fascinating conversation with Mr. Edwin Fuhrer of Langenberg, Saskatchewan, who was a witness to the UFO landings there in 1974, a year that has been marked in my paranormal memory as well for other reasons. And we will be right back on Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS New Sky Radio, NewSkyRadio.com. Stay with us. Join Mystic Radio with Rob and Alexis Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern and 12 noon Pacific as metaphysical mother and TV personality Robin Alexis helps countless people around the globe live fuller and more conscious lives. Robin serves you using her gifts as a medium, medical intuitive, past life reader, and more. Get your free on-air readings Wednesday at 3 Eastern and 12 noon Pacific right here on the sky. And check out Robin's Soul Spa at RobinAlexis.com.
know a girl She puts the color inside of my world Machines just like a maze Where all of the walls are continually change And I've done all I can To stand on the steps with my heart in my hand Now I'm starting to see Maybe it's got nothing to do with me Fathers be good to your daughters Daughters will love like you do Girls become lovers who turn into mothers So mothers be good to your daughters too That skin It's the same she's been Standing in Since the day She saw him Walking away Now she's left Cleaning up the mess he made So fathers Be good to your Daughters Daughters will love Like you do Girls Become lovers Turn into mothers So mothers be good To your daughters too Boys you can break You find out how much They can take Boys will be strong And boys hold your own But boys will be calm Without one for A woman's Good Good heart Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248 545 Soul. New SkyRadio.com. Believe. And we are back with our eyewitness to the 1974 Langenberg, Saskatchewan. Uh, UFO landings, uh, Mr. Edwin Fuhrer, and we are speaking about this experience that he had and the encounter with the five different craft on his uh, property when he was out uh, doing his uh, work in uh, the, the morning of September 1st, 1974. And uh, I, we were continuing with uh, the saga as it developed. So, Mr. Fuhrer, what, you said someone uh, alerted the police to this experience, and what happened then? Well, they... Yeah, I should pick him up. And, uh, they did, uh, did uh, in, like they didn't do uh, an interview with me, but they did the whole uh, area. They inspected the, the soil to see if it was radioactive, and it was radioactive. And uh, there was uh, undercover agents like uh, RCMP. They were out there with police dogs, 
and there was a few people from the states who were out. Yeah. Uh, they, they were testing the soil out there, and they don't tell you too much. They just, you know, go about their business, and uh, they say thank you, and they're gone. And uh-huh. it doesn't take too long, and then you got a few more coming out again. It it took about four months before that all cleared up. But I still don't know what the devil they were looking for. Yeah. Well, but, these things were always of great defense interest. And uh, I got hold of the uh, National Defense uh, Telegram here from Ottawa, and um, they, they took it very, very seriously. And, uh, yeah. and and one of the cases I've looked up that, that was of great defense interest, and it turned out to be this one, and you wonder if I just wonder. You know, here's the hearsay of one person, you know, albeit a reliable and respected one, and the whole defense community from two countries gets all interested. It comes out. I mean, did, did you consider that a little odd or a little over the top, or or what? Well, it was kind of odd. You know, it, uh, the officials that were out here, they don't tell you too much. They just you got to read through the lines. Exactly. But, uh, yeah. It's uh, it was ra- it was radioactive, uh, pretty strong. Cause the Geiger counters all went into the red. Wow! When the when they were they were testing the soil to see how much radiation there was around, and it's still radioactive today. It is. Yeah. Wow. And uh, there's a guy from Winnipeg, Manitoba. He was out. He he does that kind of work, and he said the flu the the pond where they had landed. It's still radioactive today. Wow! So what? Yeah, that's true. With several landing sites that we've heard about, did uh, at any point did uh, one of the things we notice in our, our paranormal work is that electrical feeling that you described very, very graphically when you were in the presence of those things. Um, it's it, how, how could you just talk about how that felt? Because we know how it feels when we're. Um, doing paranormal work or we're on a case and something weird is happening and you get that feeling, or at least some people do. Uh, did it feel like, uh, with us it feels like, like there's things almost like insects crawling all over your skin, very, very electrical, uh, the hair standing up. Is that what it was like for you? Well, it's, uh, it feels like you've got electrical shock. You've got a jolt that like uh, all your joints that just seem to ache like oh. you had arthritis in them. Because that's not quite but, the same as as what we feel in the. Because we work mostly with uh, you know so you know hauntings and so called ghosts and all that. So it wasn't quite the same. Okay. Uh, no. Have you yourself ever had other, what you might call paranormal experiences? Have you ever had any other UFO sightings, or have there been, you know, uh, footsteps and voices in your house or anything like that? Well, I've I've had a lot of sightings uh, with uh, while I'm in town here. They seem to be following me around. Really? Uh, okay. That... Well, you can see them in the sky when you look to the northeast. If you got a set of binoculars, very powerful binoculars, you can see them flying around in the northeast in the sky. Okay. Did that happen before your sighting, or was this all since then? Well, the, since then, uh, the sighting I had was in town. Uh, they were hovering over top of the skating rink, and uh, uh, you know, instinct tells you somebody's watching you. And when I looked up, it was a, a, a fair distance away, but I could tell they were watching me for some reason. I don't know why. There are they a number. Probably- okay, there are a number of people who've had experiences such as this and they felt that they were abducted, you know, taken into the craft and all this business. 
Uh, do, has it been suggested, either by your own feelings or by other people, that, that you might have uh, been abducted at this time? Was there any lost time involved here, or you don't feel that happened? Well, I don't know. It could have been, but uh, you don't know that because... Uh I don't know. You got a funny feeling afterwards when you were when you you get in touch with the people, the the objects uh, that uh, something's kind of weird about the whole thing. It's uh, I don't know. It's just like a a dream, but it isn't. It's yeah. actual fact. Sure. But, uh, uh, there, when the RCMP were there, they wouldn't even stand on the ground. I had to drive them around with the swath. We just stood there on the, the top of the swath, and they wouldn't get off. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, I had a feeling there was something really wrong with this whole episode. But uh, the most of the scientists from the states were telling me that is nothing unusual. Well, but, no, uh, you... I'm thinking back to my own intelligence training when I was in the military, and there are a number of occasions, and, and I didn't specialize in this in the military. I was more um, other things. But there are instances where people like yourself had these uh, experiences or had these encounters, and they were picked up on military radar by NORAD mm-hmm. or somebody around, and they won't tell you that. But that's that was one of the reasons why they might have been so interested. So a lot of yes. things might have come together uh, that connected with what you experienced. Well, see, the radar couldn't pick them up here. We had a radar base uh, just uh, north to west of Yorkton, and that radar base could not pick it up. So they said. Yeah, well, that's what they tell you. I don't know well, exactly. if it's true or not. But I know the Air Force, the Americans, or the Canadians, they said it could be picked up by radar. Ah, well, as again, that that's their story. So anyway, Ben has a question. So how did your, like, friends and neighbors react to this whole situation? Well, my neighbors, I have a neighbor that wasn't too far away, and his dog reacted to the whole thing all night long. And my neighbor to the east, he had a cow that was branded with a chicken print on her hip. And he doesn't know where that came from. And the brand inspector that uh, they had, the government inspector out there, and he inspected the cow, and he said it was unusual. There's no such brand in the world. How that really? was on top of the cow. Uh-huh. Wow, that's weird. And uh, there, well, was, there was a report that, that there were there were reactions among the local cattle when this was occurring. Well, the cattle wouldn't even go close to that spot where they had landed. I see. Because I, I had about 30 head in, the, in that field, and they wouldn't go close to that. The dog wouldn't go close to it. So I don't know. It's uh, it was something unusual. Have you ever had as well in your, among your own herd or anyone else's in the area? Have there been reports of uh, cattle mutilations, as they're called? No, nothing in this area. I okay. know around around Swift Current, Saskatchewan, there was okay. Some cattle were mutilated. There was a bull that was uh, his whole insides were taken out, and there was no uh, knife cuts on a nose. Wow. So how, well, how do you take that out of a, a big animal like that? That's a, uh, that, that, that's a good question. One of the theories that I have about that is that in the American Southwest anyway, there were lots of nuclear tests, and they're mm-hmm. testing these animals for that. But, I mean, the, the government owns plenty of their own cattle. Why don't they test them? And what would they be doing <laughs> as far north as where you are? So, so that, that maybe doesn't hold up. 
Wow, that, that that's really amazing. Um, how did this whole thing change your life? Did, did it affect? Um, how did it affect your life or your religious faith? Well, it changed my life a bit. Uh, today, yeah, I'm a different person. I'm uh, well. So many, like I'm 73 years old, and they tell me I don't look 73. Uh-huh. But, uh huh. But I, I am 73. But I, I don't feel any older for some reason. I feel like I'm younger because really? I can keep on working and nothing bothers me. Well, congratulations! I'll have to get your secret sometime. Maybe it's, maybe it was the <laughs> yeah. experience. Okay. Now, what about uh, your the members of your family? Uh, you know, you have siblings, cousins, whatever. Because so, sometimes uh, these these experiences or the ability to perceive them runs in families. Have any of your relatives ever reported experiences such as this or or other paranormal type of experiences? No, they don't. Uh, they don't say anything. Uh, it's just you know, it's it happened, and it's uh, that's all they think it is. You know, it's just a story. Yeah. But it's not a story if you want to. You want to believe it? Uh, uh, you got to see it to believe it. It's very hard to believe somebody telling you it. But if you ever see, come upon one, don't go n- near it. That's all I can tell you. Because if you do, you will not be alive within 48 hours after that. Yeah, no, that's true. Because it's radioactive to machine. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. There was a. There, there are sometimes there are people who report that um, when they are having a UFO encounter, whether the thing be in the sky or on the ground, they sometimes have feelings that they were specifically chosen. One yeah. told us that he felt as though he was being tested. I'm not quite well, sure what that would. How, how did you did you feel anything like that? No, because I I come upon that sighting just by accident. See, I didn't plan this. It was yeah. uh, I was working and uh, I just came upon it just by accident. But if you wanted to carry a camera around and take a picture, they wouldn't have turned out because there was a fellow out the same day. He was out with a camera. And there was nothing on the film that was blank. Really? Okay. Yeah. No, there was nothing on it. Even the, the scientist from Chicago, he had a, a, a camera, and it was blank, too. And, mm-hmm. But he had to come back within a couple of weeks, and then it wasn't blank anymore. There are certain things about the nature of these craft, and again, we're not UFO experts, that that kind of make me wonder a little bit. We often interpret these things as you know, alien spacecraft, but you describe exhaust ports and the sort of spinning. It, 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 it doesn't sound all that alien to me. Did you get the feeling that these were really from somewhere else or just maybe, uh, well, I, I don't know. I really, I really don't know where they're from. They could be from another country, but I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think there's a country that could develop one like that. There, there I know are, the Americans yeah. are trying. Yeah, well, like a, at the moment we can't well, organize a chess game, or at least that's what it seems. But uh, no, I, I get your point. Um, again, what, what, I just want to get back to the police a bit here. Um, did they interview anyone else in the area besides you that you know? Oh yeah, they interviewed a lot of other people besides me. Okay. Did you hear what uh, they, they asked them or? Yeah, well, there was bankers they interviewed. They interviewed uh, a few other people, and 
there's uh, other RFP officers being interviewed, but uh, they couldn't get nothing out of them. But uh, you know, RFP people are very hard stuff. Yeah, it's it's undercover mostly because the file in my file is in Regina. It's in the, in archives, and uh, they won't show that to anybody. You've got to have a certain uh, uh, amount of evidence if you want to see anything. Like they took samples, soil samples, and they took ground, they took all that. That's all in uh, Regina in the archives there. You have to go there and see it. If you want to see it, you got to sign a bunch of papers to see it. So I don't know what the... Uh, the 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 reason is it must be some something to do with uh, you know other countries. I don't know. They just hushed it up completely. Well, that's true because actually I checked with um, a contact of mine in Ottawa, and and much of the information is still classified, including oh, yeah. samples. Yeah, you can't so. you can't see it unless you uh, like. If I wanted to go see it, they'd show it to me, but they wouldn't show it to anybody else. No, well, I don't know. I'm not sure what they'd show anyone, but uh, I, I just have to point out to anyone who's not familiar with the RCMP, a lot of Americans picture them as, you know, guys in you know nice uh, scarlet tunics on horseback. But they are the finest police organization in the world. Uh, I have worked yeah. with myself once or twice, and they are, they they don't mess around and they know what they're doing. So uh, mm-hmm. this is. This means something if they um, if they're taking this seriously. Okay, how did your wife react to this? Were you married? Well, she doesn't say too much. She's uh, pretty calm. She does. A nice lady. Yeah. I was talking with her on the phone, but uh, we were mostly talking about your recent snowstorm. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Okay, were there uh, at the landing site? Were there, if you dared to go near it after all the radioactivity? Were there any marks of? Legs, you know, landing pads, or just the circular. Well, there was there were marks on the on the ground, and uh, they were like the circles were there, and the ground was so hard that you couldn't drive a a pick into the ground to the market. It was so hard, but it was marked uh, the soil, but uh, it come back eventually. But the grass seed does not. The grass doesn't go into seed. It's really? like it's, it's sterile, the, the grass seed. The grass. So, you, so to this day, you can pretty much tell where these things landed. Oh, yeah, you could tell. Wow. I know exactly where they landed. Okay, so obviously, uh, how, how, how? what about uh, growing? Oh, we're coming up on another break here. We'll have to wait till after the break. Okay, we're coming up onto our second break here on Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS New Sky Radio, NewSkyRadio.com. And our guest this evening, Edwin Fuhr of Langenberg, Saskatchewan, witness to the amazing sightings, uh, UFO landings of 1974. And we will be right back with Mr. Fuhr and some more questions, so stay with us. Take CBS Radio The Sky with you wherever you go. Be sure to download the Radio.com app today from your mobile marketplace. And when you really want to know more, 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 be sure to visit NewSkyRadio.com. Get in deep with exclusive articles and Sky News. Get your weekly horoscope and the inside scoop on host events. Radio.com and NewSkyRadio.com. Stay connected. Enlighten. Empower. Enrich. This is CBS Radio's The New Sky. New Horizons. No Boundaries. Join Mystic Radio with Rob and Alexis Wednesday at 
3 p.m. Eastern and 12 noon Pacific as metaphysical mother and TV personality Robin Alexis helps countless people around the globe live fuller and more conscious lives. Robin serves you using her gifts as a medium, medical intuitive, past life reader, and more. Get your free on-air readings Wednesday at 3 Eastern and 12 noon Pacific right here on the sky. And check out Robin's Soul Spa at RobinAlexis.com. Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOUL. New SkyRadio.com. And we are back with our guest, Edwin Fuhrer of Langenberg, Saskatchewan, who was the witness, the primary eyewitness to the uh, UFO landings there in uh, September 1974. And, uh, Mr. Fuhrer, I, I wanted to ask you again uh, about um, other, uh, I suppose, experiences that may have, have happened. And you said that you feel as though something is uh, perhaps following you or has kept track of you since that day. Can you tell us more about that? Well, you can tell when somebody uh, is, you know, following you around. Uh, yeah. They, there have been sightings in Lansenburg before the high school kids had sighted some over the elevator and they had uh, one that was close to the school that it was over the football grounds where they were playing football they could see them hovering in the sky what did they look like just lights well, uh, the the machines look they're exactly like the i had described and they're like a dome shaped uh, uh it looks like a bell just about and that's what they look like oh okay so it's it's that specific it's sort of the silver discs thing yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. And are you ever aware that they've, they've ever been picked up on radar? Uh, no, uh, they haven't. Uh, nobody seems to know anything about the radar because uh, everything is hushed up by the Air Force and the Army and the government. they got everything hushed up, so they don't want to, I don't know, they don't want to leave anything out. Yeah. I don't know what the reason is. How often do these sightings occur, and when was the most recent one? Well, the one that was recently that was in uh, around Saskatoon, and uh, then the, another one was just south of Lansingburg on a farmer's uh, yard that was hovering over the house. Okay, now Saskatoon is in western Saskatchewan, right? So it's yeah. far from you. Okay, all right. And uh, over over which house were you saying? There was one south of Lansingburg hovering over a farmer's house. Really? His wife spied it, and uh, when she went outside, they were hovering over the house. Okay, and that was when? That was uh, shortly after I had decided, and that was maybe, oh, two, three years later. Okay. But they're right. still around. Okay. Um, do you feel, other than just sort of that you're being kept track of, do you feel that anything is trying to communicate with you or that there's some message? Well, and I'll tell I you why I asked that. <laughs> you probably are, but I don't know. I I I just keep my distance from. I just don't want yeah. to get anything close. Yeah, no, that, <laughs> nobody can blame you. The reason I ask is because we're we're we know uh, most of the surviving witnesses to the Rendlesham Forest case of 1980, which was really significant. And I'm sure you're you're probably familiar with it too. Uh, the NATO base in England and the these things landed, and the, some of the Air Force fellows went out and they touched it and. Uh, when that occurred, one of them, I'm thinking particularly of Jim Penniston, felt that there was a, a like a code downloaded to him, to his mind, and that it stuck with him to this day. And, he, and they're only kind of 
working on trying to figure out what it is, and it seems to be Earth coordinates, and some sort of message seemed to come from this. But uh, you seem as though you, you're, you maintain a healthy caution when it comes to these things and have not allowed that to occur. No, I don't want to get any closer than I have to. <laughs> okay. I don't blame you. Very good. Well, Ben, did you have any further questions for Mr. Fuhrer? This has been a... Uh, no, off the top of my head, no. Okay, very good. Well, Mr. Fuhrer, we thank you so much for sharing this with us. It's been a real privilege for us. And uh, we we will point out, too, that uh, Russell Klitsch, uh, who is a filmmaker, has made a, a marvelous uh, uh, sort of documentary video of you, you and your experience. It's on YouTube, and people can find a link to that on our website, BehindTheParanormal.com. And uh, thank you for giving up a part of your Sunday evening yes, for us. You. And um, perhaps we'll speak again. Okay. Thanks. Th- thank you very much. Have a good one. Okay, very good. All right, Edwin Fuhrer, everyone. Langen- Langenberg, he pronounces it. In Saskatchewan, the uh, UFO sightings of 1974. I say it's significant for me because 1974 was the year that I had the uh, that really terrible poltergeist experience in Bridgeport, Connecticut that was all over the news and had was injured by a flying television set and had all these incredible experiences with these things and uh, physical contact with uh, what I believe to be what we call today parasites. It was quite a year, so that sticks out in my mind as well. wanted to get a few emails in here uh, tonight, and we have an interesting question from Peg Clements in Daresville, Georgia. And it's a very short question, and a, but rather okay. a good one. Um, if a person is cremated and the body is totally destroyed, is the soul slash soul slash spirit also destroyed okay well that, that's a very good question the whole issue of cremation uh, came up in uh, prim, uh well, well very much certainly in the roman catholic church for many years and the idea being that, that uh and we're always talking about the physicality of the quote-unquote afterlife well it's very important that the body be preserved and that's why uh, we don't uh, generally cremate them or 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 that was not done uh, commonly in the past uh, now it is and uh, because funerals are so darn expensive and you'd bury the body in hopes of the resurrection uh according to christian belief but in fact uh the things started to change when people realized that uh first of all in japan uh, there was no more land, really, for cemeteries. That's a very, uh, very much a very uh, over, overpopulated country, as is much of our planet. And they made a law that you had to be cremated. Uh, many people prefer that today because it's more uh, considered to be more environmentally responsible. It's, well, then uh, the cemeteries are filling up. Well, that's true too, and it's it's the cost of a funeral. I mean, you oh, yeah, it's ridiculous. You can't get buried today without ending up in the hole. So uh, yeah. I'm sorry, cemetery jokes, but it's true. It's very oh. expensive. Yeah. Sorry, I, was, I, I just got it now. Oh, okay. You having a rough day, Ben? Yeah. Okay. Yes. So, uh, but then th- there is the the, uh, the practical fact that people sometimes get, you know, hit, unfortunately, you know, hit by freight trains and drown, and they're not in a position to be properly buried in a normal manner. And so, what happens to them? You know, this is the idea. So, uh, the the uh, the, the uh, Belief has kind of come around in any religion that was opposed to cremation that uh, it's not a problem anymore. And uh, but but that of course doesn't get to the question: if the body is destroyed, is the soul or spirit also destroyed? Well, maybe this question comes from the fact that we really stress the unity of the 
the spirit or soul and and the body as a whole person and we criticize the spiritualist approach to the paranormal which says that well ghosts are spirits of the dead and all this and that you can be your whole person without your body i don't believe that i think that that, that's a western misinterpretation of some ancient greek philosophers and it has tainted our whole point of view uh when we think about anything uh science or, 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 or theology or our own lives, that matter is bad and spirit is good. That was a Zoroastrian concept. It was a Zoroastrian concept. Well, that's, that's not right. Greek. It's ha- the, the closest you well, they influenced the Greeks. Zoroastrians influenced everybody because where were they? They were right there in the Middle East in the smack of all the trade routes, in the middle of all the trade routes, and that's how people's thoughts were. were uh, your thoughts got around in those days. People were not as isolated as we often think they were. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, well, I know. You know. I'm just talking to uh, everybody else. Well, the Torah was translated into Greek. That's right. That's right. Well, the Greek influence of the Hebraic uh, uh, the community that was in the diaspora, they all had to learn Greek because you know, nobody else spoke Hebrew. Anyway, uh, I don't, so I don't think that, that cremation has anything to do with destroying the soul or body or, 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 or anything of that kind. Uh, the Christian idea is that the, there is a final resurrection where presumably the soul and body are reunited for this judgment. I don't know, you can believe that or you can not believe it. But the idea is that I don't think that uh, the body is uh, really... It's very important, but losing it is not any more serious than a tree losing its leaf in the fall, say. Or as we often say, a a bit of skin falling off your finger. That's essentially a uh, a really um, non-important occurrence because it has to do with the whole of life. The tree is the whole life, not just the one leaf. So you have plenty of other bodies out there in the multiverse, and it's all you. Uh, parallel worlds, alternate realities, it's all there. And I don't think anything can really be destroyed. I don't think anything can really die, because it's always alive somewhere or somewhere in the uh, in the multiverse. So uh, thank you very much uh, for writing uh, the question, and Peggy. And let's see, we have um, this, I don't know if we have, I guess we have time for it. We'll just... Uh, uh, start this now. It's it's rather a a long, a long one, but it's uh, didn't, it's an interesting question. There's been a lot of talk on this show on the issue of good and evil, and we we deal with the paranormal, of course. But that paranormal is a big subject. People get into the idea of of God and various religious beliefs and and things that you wouldn't think would be associated with the paranormal, but actually have implications for it. And this is from it doesn't say really any name or where he or she is from, but the subject is the answer to why does God let bad things happen? So, if you want to just, want to just take the first part. Okay. Um, I, heard, I heard one of your podcasts, and I recently came upon a simple and rational answer to that age-old question. My, uh, myself, you, your reviewers, and countless others have been asking themselves for or your reviewers, sorry, those are the reviewers, uh, themselves for centuries, and that question is why does God let bad things occur and bad people to roam around loose in the world? The rational and highly sensible answer came from Christ himself to one of the saints. The saint is Saint Bridget of Sweden, and she wrote down all of her revelations Jesus gave to her back in the Middle Ages. The key thing I noticed about these incredible revelations is that they have no temporal con- constraints. Uh, missing the words are, are meaning the words are just as understandable and clear in in her time as they are in ours today. In essence, the words spoken by Jesus to Saint Bridget and 
there are uh, their overall meaning are clear, sensible, and ageless. Wow, I'm sorry, I tripped all the way. Through no, that's that. that's all right. Some of these things are hard to read. This is this is faded. Anyway, I have heard of Saint Bridget of Sweden. If I'm not mistaken, Saint Bridget was a princess of Sweden and was was uh, something of a mystic. And I'm going to just go through some of this because it. It, it does not match our explanation of why evil is allowed allowed to occur, why it does occur, or if there's a god or in this. But in uh, her writings, which I have read some of, and they're they're rather rather beautiful. Uh, I don't necessarily agree with her though. Anyway, this is from chapter twenty five of her uh, narration here. Uh, this is these are words that she supposedly is is receiving directly from <coughs> from from Jesus Christ. And uh, reminds me a bit of the writings of St. Julian of Norwich. Uh, I am the creator of the heavens and the earth. You wondered, my bride, why I am so patient with the evil. That is because I am merciful, for my justice endures and spares them for a threefold reason, and my mercy spares them, well, I guess it's for a threefold reason. I guess it's repetitive there. First, my justice endures them so that their time may be fully completed. For as a just and righteous king might be asked, if he holds someone imprisoned, why he does not put them to death? And he answers, because it is not yet time for the inquisition of the court, where they may be heard, so that those who hear it can take greater warning. All right, I can see where this is going. In this way do I tolerate the evil until the time comes for their malice to be made known to others as well. Did I not foretell the rejection of Saul, that he would be expelled from his kingdom and dethroned long before it was made known to me? Okay. We can finish this up in the next. Yeah, uh, yeah, okay, we, we can do it. But I, th- I think this is going toward he's trying to spare them for he- from hell as long as he can. That's essentially the message of this. We're going to wrap, though, for a break, and we'll be right back on Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. CBS News Sky Radio, stay with us. Enlighten, empower, enrich. This is CBS Radio's The New Sky. New Horizons, no boundaries. All day long, we're devoted to your emotional, physical, and spiritual well-being. With your direct connect to the stars, Lisa J. Smith, The Dr. Pat Show, Liz Souza, Barbara Mackey, Glynis McCants, The Wake Up Call, with L. Newman and Tom Force. Let us know how we're doing. 248-545-7685. Log on. NewSkyRadio.com. 24 hours a day. Your spiritual well-being is our concern. Awaken the extraordinary. Live the life you've imagined. Look up to the sky. CBS Radio's The New Sky. NewSkyRadio.com. New Horizons. No boundaries. Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal. With Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOUL. NewSkyRadio.com. Believe. Okay, we are back, and we are we have uh, had a wonderful visit with Mr. Edwin uh, Fuhrer of, of Langenberg, Saskatchewan, and his uh, narrative of his experience with the UFOs landing on his property in 1974, and we thank him for that. And we're just dealing with a couple of long emails, uh, trying to work them in here uh, before we go, and this one has to do with the reason why evil is allowed to proceed in the world, and evil people are allowed to uh, apparently have their own way and run rampant. And we had someone who wrote in, have no idea from where, uh, don't know the name, and uh, he or she has suggested that uh, 
Jesus personally answered this question to St. Bridget of Sweden, uh, who was a noted mystic. And uh, I'm just going through this. And, and the, the essential rationale that Jesus is supposedly giving here is that uh, the, the evil people's punishment is going to be long and pretty bad, and he's trying to spare them as long as possible and give them the the, the chance to repent uh, for as, as as long as he can. That's why they're allowed to sort of proceed. Okay, I I ha- if I'm misinterpreting that, then whoever wrote this, please please send your own interpretation of it. But that seems to be how it comes across to me. I have a real problem with that, and uh, I spent ten years in the seminary, as I'm often saying, and I learned all this stuff and. They didn't talk a lot about, uh, well, they did, well, hell, but I mean, in the sense of what, what the rationale was for good or evil. There were a lot of things you were not taught in the seminary, and I don't know how you're expected to learn it, or maybe they just don't know it. And I, I just have a problem with the whole idea of God sending people to hell. Everybody's going to have a fit, and oh, well, it's in the Bible. Well, it is and it isn't. There was a tremendous battle, not a tremendous battle, but a, a controversy in the early church, which still in a way goes on in the Eastern Church, that in the end, everything and everyone would be saved. That those who were in hell or wherever, or whatever, however it's organized, if it is that way, would eventually be saved because God's love would simply not permit a disjointed end of things, a lack of unity and an ultimate conclusion to creation that would be divided like that. And I tend to think they were right. And I say, this still comes up again in the uh, some of the uh, Eastern Orthodox churches in, in theological discussions, not much. Uh, but they, uh, I tend to think that uh, I, I sympathize with that. Many of the people who uh, whom I've encountered who were agnostics or atheists, and atheists are people I don't believe in, I don't think they know what they're talking about, uh, but they, they they often have kind hearts and are really put off by this notion of this, this God who would condemn finite beings to infinite punishment for finite crimes. I have a problem with that, too. And I, I, so I don't think that this answer is good enough, despite the fact that it comes from someone I respect, St. Bridget of Sweden. And I think that um, our point of view here on this is that we are dealing with the multiverse, a form of creation in which there is are all sorts of balances, if you want to say checks and balances, and in which there is a harmony that is unachievable in any other form of creation. All things exist, good or bad, and we sort of have a responsibility to balance where our consciousness is. And we're, we're all over the multiverse. It's all us and all this business, but we have a certain responsibility to learn and to balance and help balance things. So I think creation is perfect. It may not look like it, uh, but it's, we also have to realize that it's not necessarily made for us. And the question is, well, what, uh, how do, how do we react to that? How do we respond? Well, everyone has to come up with their own answer, but I don't think the answer that God sends people to hell or is trying to be nice by putting it off is, is really the right answer. Heaven forgive me if I'm wrong. I mean, maybe this did come from Jesus. I don't know. But it's just my, my spiritual gut is, is that it's just not 
right, something's wrong with this. In the same way I felt that something was wrong with the classical interpretation of the paranormal that I started out as, you know, 41 years ago. Ben, any comments on that? Well, after all that you just said, I I tend to agree, because in the church I went to for a little while at least, that was not the God I knew that was like, oh, are you... You don't pray and fast every day. I'm sending you to hell. It's like that. Just I don't know. I don't. I I went to Catholic school for most of my life, and that that kind of thought like just never made sense to me. I didn't understand it. Like okay. I I still don't understand it. Okay, we seem to have. Um, we're not getting any messages from the studio here. I have no idea how much time we have left. So I'm going to close it out, and then if we're too early, I'll keep talking about a case we just started. Uh, anyway, if you live in southeastern New England, Ben and I are teaching a course at Learning Connection in Providence, Rhode Island. Uh, that's southcoastlearning.org, and it's exploring the paranormal. We're having a great time with the class we're teaching now, and it uh, b- began a few weeks ago. Uh, but the next session begins Saturday, February 11th from 1 to 3 p.m. It's five weeks, including two field trips to sites of cases. And uh, we also want to uh, tell you about our website, behindtheparanormal.com. You can get all sorts of uh, podcasts on that site and all sorts of interesting information about our guests, who's coming up, who's been a guest in the past. And again, 300 or so podcasts are all free. Do what you want. Send them to your mother-in-law, whatever. So many thanks to our producer, Will Kosnick, and we will see you next Sunday, November 27th. And my dad and I will welcome... Scottish author and researcher Jeff Holder for a discussion on Paranormal Scotland. Yeah, we like to do that regional stuff now and then. In the meantime, tune into our New England Drive Time show on, on WON 1240 AM on com at 6 p.m. Eastern every Monday. And, and you can get you can always get free podcasts of well over well, of all our shows, which is well over 300 shows now, plus show schedules and guest information at www.behindtheparanormal.com. And we'll leave you with a thought from that lovable American author, Theodore Seuss Geisel, otherwise known as Dr. Seuss of the Grinch fame. Quote, sometimes the questions are complicated and the answers are simple. So thank you for joining us on our great cosmic journey and we will see you next time.